talking uh, last night with my best friend who's a painter about why his paintings, which are generally of landscapes, uh, those paintings that have the evidence of human interaction with the landscape are the most compelling. There's this painting that he does uh, where he returns to the same spot again and again that's of this valley. And early on in the process of painting this view, he hadn't quite recognized, because it's quite far off in the distance from where he stands, so it's not like it's right in front of his face, but he's, uh, he hadn't quite recognized that there were these uh, fields with hedgerows in between them that divided up this valley into, you know, a, a grid-ish, and until he didn't paint it that way, and then he saw more clearly as he examined this and, and saw that that's what was going on and started to paint it that way, and the, and the paintings are so much more compelling. I mean, they were beautiful before, but there's something really compelling about them now, and we were talking about that interaction between the natural world and and us and how humans are drawn to that and I would say I would actually argue that all animals are drawn to themselves in that we are looking for the signs of our own passing through the world or those of our kind because we're reading them to understand the world right you know a dog sniffs at the markers that other dogs leave and they're very tuned into that. And in the same way, we are tuned into the, the, the mark of other humans on the landscape. <clears throat> and I would say that uh, this is actually something fundamental that I'm exploring in my work that, that me many of us are exploring in our work, which is taking uh, taking fairly raw materials and then uh, imposing a human will upon the materials, right? And there's a difference between um, taking a piece of driftwood and putting it somewhere because you like the driftwood and, well, even that, if you take a piece of driftwood and put it somewhere that it hasn't washed up on its own, you are now making a mark upon the landscape, and that's, we see that and notice that. So if you collect driftwood, or, or a neighbor I just got to know a little bit who collects um, tree stumps with the roots and hauls them back to her house and puts them up in her yard, upside down generally, <clears throat> and they're quite beautiful, but it's, it, is the, it is the juxtaposition of the the... Uh, the own the, the the stumps own nature combined with the fact that they generally have a sawed end right humans and the fact that she then put them up in her yard on display humans Woo, it's windy Bowser that's like the dangerous kind of windy I'm gonna be watching the trees above me. So at any rate, yikes.
I think there's something to that. I think it, the the tension that is held between what the natural world does on its own, right? Uh, what forests do on their own, what trees do on their own, and what they do in conjunction with us, right? You cut down forest and make it into a field. It is not that you are strictly imposing your will on the landscape. You are now in a dance with the landscape. And the species that do that dance with you it is a collaboration between the two of you in which they're, you're pushing and pulling at each other. Right? Trees want to grow back up. Grass species want to go to seed. You cut them down to favor circumstances that you want to favor. And there's, there's an energy and a tension in that dance that I think is part of what we feel. And part of why we can feel it so accurately is because it involves us and therefore we understand it. Whereas the tensions and dance within the forest itself, between the species of the forest, that happen without human intervention, we can, we can come to understand those, but we don't inherently understand them as readily or as viscerally, I would say, as we do the human-nature interactions. Nor are we as interested in them, frankly, because it doesn't have as much to do with us. And I don't think there's anything bad about human-nature interaction. I think it is all about the, the actual end result. If it's good, it's good. If it's not good, it's not good. And it's worth examining why it's not good. And there's a lot to understand there. But, I'm, but I make no blanket statement that nature by itself is better somehow morally than nature with humans. And I think when we are exploring something in a way that makes it art, or if we're simply asking ourselves why a craft that we are doing feels so compelling. I would argue that it is the, the tension between the innate nature of the, of the natural world, whether in material form or in image form, in tension with the manipulations we as humans make upon it, whether we are manipulating material or simply showing that tension in an image. And this is what makes for a good photograph, it's what makes for a good painting, it's what makes for a good piece of craft, is that that tension is evident and gets you to think something about that relationship that maybe you can't even articulate, but you're still feeling it and thinking it, even if you can't consciously say it. It is something about the, the human and the non-human. I mean, 
Think about what makes for a good photograph is often it's the it's the it's the ship at sea. It's the birds on a power line. It's the country road going off into the distance between fields. It's the it's the way in which in big ways or small ways we remember that we inhabit the world and we try to understand what it means to be human in the world. That's really it, I think. We inhabit the world and we're trying to understand what it means to be human within the world. Thanks for listening. Talk tomorrow.